New Beginnings Church, what's happening? Welcome, welcome in. For those that have asked, no, you didn't get rid of me. I'm still here. <laughs> Just kidding, church. Welcome in. We want to welcome everyone tuning in from home and those making their way into the sanctuary. Uh, so excited um, to know that the Lord is at work. We're doing some amazing things. Church, want to share with you some of the things we're doing, some of the upcoming events. Um, but as we start making our way in, um, uh, you can go ahead and walk out and get your tithing envelopes. Now's a good time. And then, of course, like always, you can give online or via text messaging or our app. Um, our tithing boxes are at the doorways coming into the sanctuary. Okay? Um, very important stuff. Tonight. Last night, to register to A, sponsor a Thanksgiving food and meal box, okay? Uh, so tonight's the last night if you want to sponsor or if you want to receive one to sign up. So if you want to sign up or, or uh, to receive one or to sponsor one, either one of those will work. We're going to be at the table um, after service, the, the info table right here outside the youth department. And uh, Pastor Cindy, and I, oh, actually, she won't be there. It'll just be my, me tonight uh, helping you do that. Okay, so you can also give by way of an envelope. If you've got cash, it's $42 to sponsor. Or you can also write on a communication card that, excuse me, you'd like to receive a food box. Um, and then, of course, you always have the option of going online or through the app and registering to receive or sponsor it that way. Okay. Of course, through the app and through online, it's going to be uh, via, uh, by credit card only or debit card. Um, we can also do cash and credit card out there. But if you're doing tithing boxes, put it in an envelope. And then at least I do need all of that information. need your name, um, your contact info, your email address, because there's important information we want to give to you. Because the distribution for Thanksgiving food uh, for the meal boxes is going to be this Saturday. So men... Segwaying into the next thing. Men, where are my mighty men of God tonight? Right here, amen. I want to see you guys here Saturday for two things. Men's breakfast. Okay, men's breakfast is this Saturday. And isn't it just funny that men's breakfast is the same day that food distribution is? Isn't that weird how that worked out? <laughs> but men's breakfast, 8 o'clock. And if you, it, man, we would love for you to come and join us for 1A, a time of fellowship between men of God. It's a really good time together. We would like for you to stay to help us distribute some of these meal boxes. You don't have to. It's okay if we understand if you can't. Um, but if you can, great. Uh, but if, if, if you're able to, men's breakfast and food distribution this Saturday, beginning at 8, we serve you a nice, hot meal. Um, and then you guys can get together and begin with uh, putting together all these boxes and whatnot, okay? So that's this Saturday. That's what we got going on. And then uh, also, for those that are interested in a safety and security course, that's going to be this Saturday, too. Get with Pastor Carrillo uh, on more details on that course. That's this Saturday here at the church from 8 to 12, okay? 12-step um, is also starting uh, to sign up for their next semester of classes. So if you want to sign up, you speak with uh, Brother David Krantz, 
And he's going to be outside in the mall after service. And if you want to talk about 12-step, which is designed not just for drugs and alcohol, but if any area of your life that you want to just take control back of instead of it controlling you, that's the class for you. Ask me how I know. I went through it, and it changed my life. It was an amazing, amazing time, okay? And thank you all so much for your donations to God's Warehouse. Uh, we see the bin out there filling up week in and week out. We thank you so much for that. I'm sure a lot of you are taking a lot of stuff directly to God's Warehouse. Continue to do that. It's getting colder and colder, and the need is greater and greater, okay? Youth that are not in here because you're in that other room, but I want to invite you that have youth at home, invite them to the youth rally. They're going to have a youth rally on the 19th of, that's this Friday, and that's going to be at 6 p.m. at our youth center. So if you have youth that you want to get them involved, that's awesome. Do it on Friday night. It's going to be a great time with them just hanging out and having some fun. Okay? Uh, and very important, I know open enrollment is about to close. If you've not, if you don't have insurance and you want to learn a little more about insurance, we just try to offer so many programs to educate our congregants of uh, just what's going on, how we can help you. And one of those things is health insurance. And if you're not too familiar, I know open enrollment is closing very soon in December. And room 106 on the 28th of November. So if you want to mark your calendars now, on the 28th of November, uh, it's going to be in room 106. We're going to hold a class about Medicare a Medicare, Medicaid education class at 12.30 p.m. in conference room 106. That's the room right outside these doors on, on the backside of our sanctuary, okay? I know that's a lot, and I try to speed up because I only have five minutes to do this, okay? So will you stand with me tonight <laughs> as I take a breath? <laughs> but don't forget, you always can always stay on top of our announcements. Um via our app and our social media platform. Oh, one more before. Parents, how many of you can use a night out without the kids? How many in here can say, yes, I need a night out without the kids? Well, guess what? Not here. I'm just kidding. We're offering a parents' night out. Okay? So parents night out, if you have, like, I don't care. Like, if you want to go Christmas shopping or if you just want a night out and just say, just me and my, my babe, or if, if it's just me and, and the girls night out, that's fine. I'm, I'm not saying go to the club. Okay, it's only till 9 o'clock. Okay, we're not going to be here till 2 o'clock in the morning. Girls, not, not that kind of girls night out. But if you guys want to go grab dinner, it's free child care. And I know sometimes couples like to go with other couples and they're not a part of this church, that's okay. They can drop out their kids too. We're not mad at that. So if you have a couple, uh, a, a couple friend of yours that you're like, hey, let's all go out to dinner, and they have a couple of kids, that's cool. You can drop them off too. And that's going to be on December the 3rd from 5.30 to 9. So drop off 5.30, but you have to pick them up by 9. So I want you to start planning that night out on December the 3rd. I know it's a little fast, but... Trust me, I know, I know parents. I've had a, I have a couple of kids. I know we can put that kind of plan together real quick. Amen? Amen. Amen. Parents, where are you at tonight? <laughs> Why don't you bow your heads as we go before the Lord in prayer as we prepare our hearts for worship. God is good, and he is in this place. Thank you, Lord. 
Lord, we breathe in your praise and your grace tonight, Lord, as we exhale, Lord, and give you our praise. Lord, we lift up your name tonight, Lord, in song and in word tonight, Lord. Breathe into our life, Lord. We reach out to you, Lord, to touch the hem of your garment tonight, Lord. Some are coming in here, Lord, just broken. Some here just rejoicing in what you're doing in life, Lord. That's where we are. That's life. But, Lord, you have come, Lord, to restore that, and you have come to celebrate that with us, Lord. So let us be in this moment with you, Lord. Uh, Be with us now. We dedicate and devote this time together to you, Lord, those here in the house and those at home. Lord, be with us. Let us just rejoice in this time together with you. Heavenly Father, it's in your name that we pray. And his people said amen. Church, let's greet one another as we begin uh, worship. Good evening, church. It's so awesome to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Come on, let's just give him a shout of praise. If God does something good in your life, give him an amen. Give him a shout of praise if he's done something good in your life. Amen. Come on, let's sing this one again. I was buried beneath my shame. Who can carry that kind of weight? It was my turn till I met you. I was breathing, but not alive. All the failures I tried. Yeah. 
to give him a shout of praise. Shout of praise of the Lord's house tonight. For he will never betray us and he will how always will be there for us. Because there has never been, there will never be a God like you. And love so true. There has never been. There will never be a God like you. And the love so true. There has never been. There will never be a God like you. A love so There is no greater love than the love of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. I love that verse in the bridge where it says, there has never been and there will never will be a God like our God, because our God is the only living God. There is no other love and no other, no other type of, of compassion and grace that we can ever receive here on this earth that the Lord can offer. Lord, and tonight, I think tonight some of us want to experience that. We want to experience that love, that love that we keep hearing about. The love that our neighbors keep telling us about or our friends keep telling us about. It's this love. What is love? It's in Jesus. And tonight, Lord, we make that commitment. We make that commitment and we turn to you. We want to receive that love. We want to know Jesus tonight. And we want to build our life on top of this love that you keep talking about and that we keep being shown, God. 
because there's nothing else left for us, Lord. And we're going to build our life tonight and trust it. song we could ever sing worthy of all the praise we could ever be worthy of every breath we could ever breathe for you Jesus the name above every other the only one who could ever say worthy of every breath we could ever breathe for you sing holy
that song is so real to cry out to God and have him hold us to have him draw us into his chest and cradle us like a child and cry out and say God we need you how we want you and how we're crying out for you more and more of you so father thank you for all that you've done and all you're doing whether you're right here in this sanctuary or right there online, our God is with us. And Father, we're believing that you're going to meet our every need. We believe that you're going to take care of us right now, right here, where we are. God, we're believing that, Lord God, you are going to provide the finances we need to survive, the love we need to keep a strong family the forgiveness we need to accept and extend, that you're going to provide, Lord God, health and provision. We continue to pray for those that are sick. Father God, we've been praying for Jenny Romero and all her family who has been battling COVID, for Pastor George Otero who's been battling COVID, for Pastor Bill Rule and his wife who are battling COVID, Pastor Paul McGinnis and his wife were battling COVID. Pastor John Sanchez, who was battling COVID. Many others, Lord, were believing that you're going to bring them through. And you're going to heal their bodies. And, Lord, you're going to renew their strength. Father God, we're believing that, Lord, you are going to bring peace and prosperity to the city of Albuquerque. That, Father God, you are going to bless this land. 
you're going to cancel the curse of homicides and suicides that plague New Mexico and plague Bernalillo County and plague Albuquerque, New Mexico. Father God, we believe that you're going to raise up, Lord God, young men and women that are going to be young men and women that are fired up with the Holy Spirit of God and bring revival to Albuquerque. Father God, we're believing for our young people, those in children's church right now, those in youth right now, that you're going to use these young people to bring fire, Lord God, fire down from heaven. Father God, we're believing that, Lord God, you're going to use new beginnings to impact the lost and dying city with the gospel of Jesus Christ and with life. Father God, we're believing that, Lord, the 125 families that we're blessing with a Thanksgiving food basket are going to be impacted greatly by the extension of love that this congregation has given. We're believing, Heavenly Father, that you are going to do the supernatural. But right here, right now, you are going to touch lives. Right here, right now, you are going to make all things new. Old things are passed away. All things have been made new. And we're going to believe this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you've done. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen and amen. Praise his name. And finish, sing it out, sing it out. Sing out that verse again. So turn to the people around you and say, God has a word for you tonight. God has a word for you tonight. Encourage them in the name of Jesus. Encourage them. And then you may be seated. What a joy to cry out to God. What a joy to hear his voice and then to obey it. What a joy to be able to stand in his glorious presence. If you haven't given already, they told us how we could. We have giving boxes at every doorway. You could text to give. You could give online. You could use our church app. And thank you for your faithfulness. Because of your faithfulness, we're going to have a 20,000-pound uh, food distribution this Friday. And we really need helpers. So if you're available Friday at 10 o'clock in the morning, or is it 10.30? 10.30, please be here. We need your help to sort out all the food and get everything ready. At 12 o'clock, they start showing up, and it goes, it goes really quick. So we appreciate your assistance. Saturday morning, I want to remind you what Pastor Mike said. We have our men's breakfast. 
We have an amazing time. Uh, Josh Manker and with uh, Beto Enriquez, they're going to be uh, heading that up. And then we're going to be putting together the food baskets and uh, distributing them. So if you signed up for a food basket, make sure you're here uh, between 10 and 12 to pick it up. If you still have not signed up for one and you need a food basket, please make sure you go to the check-in table right by the youth entrance and uh, let them know, I really need a basket. Uh, don't be embarrassed. Just say, I need a basket. And I could really, my family could use one. And uh, we'd love to just be able to bless you with that. I want to invite a very special couple up here. Today's their seventh wedding anniversary. And we are really thrilled about that. So Joshua Manker, could you escort your beautiful bride, Marcela, up here? Seven years ago, they got married on a street corner under a light. They had the light of the stars, Josh down here, Marcella there, and face one another. And scoot over that way a little more so you're in the light. And hold hands. No kissing yet, okay? But they got married outdoors on a street corner at the corner of Constitution and Indian School, right in front of Smith's. She picked him up. She was shopping. He thought she was shopping for food. She was shopping for a man. <laughs> she found him in the produce aisle. Okay. <laughs> There's no truth to that part. But they did get married at the corner of Constitution and Indian School, wasn't it? Lomas and Carlisle. Oh, Lomas and Carlisle. Behind okay. Walgreens. Yeah, right behind Walgreens. Behind it? You know, at the park. Yeah, in the park. <laughs> at Memorial Park. No, I wasn't. They didn't invite me. They didn't know me then. So I was all hurt. <laughs> no, I wasn't there. They, they, they didn't come to church at that time. But, but right now, they come here before the Lord because they love each other greatly. And they're now standing. And look, you could get married outdoors and that would still be a sacred moment. But they didn't know the Lord and they didn't understand the sacredness of marriage. And they do now. Joshua texted me and said, Pastor, would you say a prayer for us? Marcella came by and said, would you say a prayer? I go, I wonder if she knows Josh got a hold of me first. So there you go. He called me first. Joshua, as you stand here before the Lord and before your wife, you promised to continue to love her and cherish her, to provide for her and protect her, to work hard for her and for your children, and to be faithful till the day God calls you home. If so, say, I do. I do. And Marcela, do you likewise stand before the Lord and promise to continue to love Joshua, to serve him, provide for him, take care of him, and just pamper him, and to take care of your children until the day God calls you home. And so say, I do. But all of you pray with us. Father God, what a tremendous joy to stand here before the altar of the Lord. Joshua and Marcella saying, we've been married seven years and we love it. But now we want to come right before you, Lord, and our congregation. 
and say, God, seal our marriage with your Holy Spirit. Tie us in a knot that will never unravel. Make us one. Father God, a triple braided cord can never be broken. So, Lord, we bind them with the love of the Holy Spirit. Joshua, Marcella, and the Holy Spirit bound together for life. Father, we pray for long life and health, the fulfillment of all their dreams. Father God, that they share their sunshines together and they share their sorrows together. That, Father God, they'll find strength in one another as they seek you. Father God, whether it be in sunshine or in sorrow, I pray, Father God, abundant blessing. I pray, Father God, that you protect this home from any force that would try to break it apart. We pray anointing and blessing, long life and health, in the glorious name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Joshua, you may kiss your bride. Love you guys. I just love these kids. They're amazing. They're a great example of God's love and power. Well, I just started a, a sermon series last Wednesday called For the Joy of It. And it's really interesting. Some people said, man, Pastor, you have a weird way of titling sermons and series. Because the Apostle Paul is writing from prison. He's in prison. He's going through difficult times. He had been preaching the gospel, and he really did get locked up for just preaching the gospel. There's people that are locked up that go, I didn't do anything, man. I was just sitting there, and they locked me up. 99% of the time, that is a lie. There's, there are a few that have been innocent. Paul was definitely one of them. And he's writing, and he writes so encouraging. He is such an encourager. He's here in prison. Prison was, look, jail, I don't care if it's the most plush jail in the world. Jail is still jail, okay? But these conditions were horrible. They couldn't stand up all the way. So it was short. So they had to, the most they could stretch out like that. So maybe they could sit down and stretch their back, but they'd have to bend their legs. And they could never be fully extended. Second, they didn't have toilets. All they had was like a little crevice in the floor that you did your thing there, and eventually it would be cleaned out. So it stunk was nasty, it was mildewy, it was, it had humidity and just yuck. And he's writing from there. And we were talking last week of the joy he experienced, but today I want to look at seeing the best in the middle of the worst. How you can see the best in the worst. Because some people are a half-empty kind of glass person. They see the glass half empty. Others see it half full. Some people don't even see the water. Some people don't even see the glass. They're just negative all the time. They're negative, negative, negative. Oh, why are you showing me half a glass? You're trying to show me that you drank half of it? Why are you showing me half a glass? To show me that I'm not even going to have enough? It's like, man, they're just negative all the time. 
And Paul is writing here, and he says in Philippians chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 1. We're going to float around a few places. But in chapter 1, I'm going to be from verse 12 through verse 28. And he says, I want you to know, my brothers, dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. So he's saying, man, I've been locked up, but it's helping spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guards, these are the elite of the elite. This is like the secret service. This is like they were the ones that lived in the palace. They are the Praetorian guards. They're the whole palace guards. Knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. So they know this guy isn't really a criminal. He's just preaching the gospel, and they locked him up. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know that I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach their selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful uh, to me. But that doesn't matter whether their motives are false or genuine. The message about Christ is being preached everywhere. He goes, it's being preached every way, so I rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as I pray for, uh, I know that as you pray for me and the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead my, to my deliverance. For I am fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And then he says, and I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ. And dying is even better. But, I, but if I live, I can do more fruit for work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better, he says. But if I die, if I live, he goes, uh, which is better? Verse 23. I'm torn between two desires. I long to be with Christ, which would be better off for me, but for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live, knowing this, that I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because what he is doing through me. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of good news about Christ. 
Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. So don't be intimidated in any way, he says, by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. Oh, God, let your word penetrate deep into our hearts. Let your word fill us with overflowing joy. Let your word go deep into our minds to totally transform us and renew our minds so we will know the, and understand the truth of your word. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. So he's saying, don't you get it? I'm locked up. But even being locked up, this is a great thing because God's word is getting preached. And some are preaching because I taught them and they're following me as I follow Christ. But others are doing it because they want to make it all about them. Who cares? Because God's word is going forth and it doesn't return void. And those that are doing it from the wrong moment, uh, motives will be found out. So I'm telling you, when you're a fake, sooner or later, you are found out. You are found out. You could walk around and shout all you want. I say it doesn't matter how high you jump. It's how you walk when you land. How is your walk with God? How are you really walking? Are you walking in the fullness of his love? Or are you talking out of both sides of your mouth? Are you talking out of both sides of your life? Because God is saying, don't you see the good in the midst of this bad situation? Don't you see how I'm going to transform you and transform this situation to really turn things around and make it better than it ever has been? I want you to see this. So if we're going to see that, the first thing we have to understand is we need to live with purpose and not just for pleasure. We've got to live with purpose. Each one of us has a calling. Each one of us has purpose that the Lord has given us. But a lot of us are too caught up into ourselves and into our selfishness and into our selfly, fleshly desires that we fail to see what God has for us. He's offering us the best and we're settling for second best. He's offering us the finest and we're settling for just okay. God is saying, don't you get it? Don't you see what I have for you? Don't you understand? He said it right there in Philippians uh, chapter 1, verse 18. He goes, but that doesn't matter whether your motives are false or genuine. The message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. He says, man, he goes, don't you understand? You've, I've been appointed. He says, I have purpose. I know why I'm locked up. It's because I was doing what God called me to do. So I'm not going to sit here and murmur about being locked up because he called me to preach. And guess what I was doing? I was preaching. And they got mad because I was preaching Jesus Christ. And they got mad because people were getting transformed and people were being just completely changed. Don't you understand that people that were ripping people off weren't ripping people off anymore? So man, sales went down. 
instead of selling that at a, at a jacked-up price, they were selling it for a regular price. So all the, the higher-uppers were getting really mad and saying, what's wrong with you? Why are you being honest? I didn't teach you to be honest. I taught you to be a thief. And they're going, but I don't want to be a thief anymore. God has changed my ways. They were getting in trouble for doing right. They were getting in trouble for doing good. And he says, and they're saying, don't you get it? We live with purpose now. We don't live just to please ourselves. How many of you know people that just live to please themselves? Don't raise your hand, please. And don't point them out. But some of them don't even realize it, do they? But they're always doing it for them, for them, for them, for them, for them. And you're going, what is going on here? Why are you just living for you? Can't you see the people God has put in front of you that he wants you to help, that he wants you to bless, that he wants you to fill, that he wants you to totally be transformed? He has done this for you. He wants to change you. But we don't get it. We don't get it. We don't understand it. We don't see it. Because we're living for ourselves and we can't seem to see past our hands. Everything's for us instead of for God. Paul knew, I'm in prison. What a drag. And then all of a sudden they locked him up. But because he was such a high-profile prisoner, they put the palace guards on him. And he's going, how cool is this? I'm locked up. They can't leave. They've got to hear me out. So he starts preaching to them. And they started coming to Christ. And then the shift change would come. And they would unlock themselves and then they would lock the new crew on there he's locked up on both sides i mean handcuffed on both sides and guess what he does he starts preaching to them and they start coming to christ and he's going how cool is this i hate this place but i love it because God has given me purpose, and because I have purpose, I don't look at my surrounding. I look at the purpose that God has given me, and I have that purpose in a good place or a bad place, on top or on bottom. It doesn't matter, because God is for me, and if God be for me, nothing could be against me. And I might be going through misery, but I'm really not, because the joy of God is upon me. This is just too good. I've asked God, I want to take the message into the palace. How am I going to get it? You gave me the guards that I'm chained to. Man, he had a way of looking for the best in the middle of the worst. Some of you, all you see is the bad. You never see anything good. You walk through life. It's like, come on, snap out of it already. Life is good. You woke up this morning. I wish I wouldn't have. You know what? God has a purpose for you and it's passing you right by and you're not doing what he's called you to do. That's why you're so miserable. You're not doing what he called you to do. Paul wasn't miserable. He was saying, this is a miserable place. God, I can't believe what you're doing even in this miserable place. People are getting saved. And those that are locked up, that hadn't said a word because they were locked up, they're now starting to preach with boldness. So before you know it, everyone in the prison was hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've got to change the way you see it. You've got to live with purpose and not with just pleasure in mind. 
Sometimes we just don't have a good time, but I'm telling you, the good time comes at the end. It's going to be glorious. Second thing we need to look at if we're really going to start looking for the best and the worst is discover our opportunity in every obstacle that we face. Discover every opportunity. Do you know that inventions have taken place because there was a challenge in front of them? How do I get everything out of this? I know. I'll get a straw. And they invented a straw. I kind of like the fact that they invented a straw. Because I've had cups served to me before that have lipstick on the edge. And I go, oh, that's kind of messed up, man. Man, that's nasty. Because in dishwashers, they just rinse them off and then they put them through high temperature. But lipstick, especially red, stays on there real strong. And so sometimes, and some people are like, I don't want this. I don't want anything. I was like, oh, be quiet. I don't ever complain at a restaurant. I don't. Because then they'll know what table it's for and who was the one complaining. Oh, the fat guy. Oh, here, I spit my food and then here. Come on, you can't tell me that doesn't happen. Maybe not at every restaurant, but I've heard stories. I've heard stories. So, man, I just say, you know what? They go, oh, didn't you like your food? You know what? I was, I was more full than what I thought. I was full with disgust. I was full with <laughs> disappointment. So I didn't eat it. <laughs> I'm not lying. I just don't tell them all that I'm feeling. But there's opportunities in front of us. There's obstacles, but God gives us way out. I mean, look at Moses. They're escaping Egypt. And now the... Pharaoh's army's hot on their trail, and they get to the Red Sea. And they're, now what are we going to do? Like, well, um, pray. Pray, 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 pray. And I don't know what Moses' prayers were like. I, I kind of think it was like, okay, God, uh, you told me to bring the people this way, and uh, there's no way. I don't know what's going on, Lord. I wish you'd let me in on it because I'd like to know all the pieces. Haven't you ever prayed like that? God, can you give me the pieces of this because I don't understand quite how I'm going to get through this. And God says, trust me. Oh, God, I wish you would have said that. I wish you would have just told me what's going to happen. Trust me. Okay, Lord, I trust you. I really believe that you could make a way where there seems to be no way, but you're going to make a way because even when in front of obstacles, there's always an opportunity to see the glory of God. So, God, I want to see your glory. What do I do? And he goes, take a step forward. In the water? Yeah, take a step forward. But, Lord, how are we going to get away? How are we going to cross? Just step forward. And as he steps forward, and as his foot barely touches the water, it parts. It opens up. Man, that had to be a glorious moment. I can't wait to get to heaven and go, okay, Moses, so what was it like? Some of the people of Israel, what was it like? Joshua, Caleb, 
What was it like, guys? Tell me what it felt like. What was it like? They go, man, we were tripping. We didn't know what was going to happen. There we were. We could hear the hooves of the horses getting closer. We could see the dust and the distance. And all of a sudden, the water parted. And we're going, oh, man, we're going into the water. And now it's, but, but the ground's going to be all mucky. Haven't you ever stepped in the Rio Grande River? And your foot will go all the way, and you're like, whoa. And sometimes it'll go all the way to your knee, and other times. And, man, that's why people drown in our river. We don't even have a big river. If you've never seen, like, the Mississippi or the Missouri River, those are humongous rivers. Those have tons of water. They actually have a barge on them, a ship on a river. We barely put a canoe on ours, and and we get stuck. (laughs) You know what I mean? I love the Rio Grande. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying, if you've never seen like a real river, they're huge body of water. And they're ground, and, and they're going to say, the ground was all dry. There were two million of us. We had to get, go across. It wasn't this narrow thing. We all went across. Man, and then the dust was getting closer. We could hear the hooves of the horses. Man, next thing you know, We made it to the other side. We discovered an opportunity before us to trust God. And he made a way where there seemed to be no way. But he made a way and here we are. And the whole army, our enemies drowned. He drowned them. He he kept them away from us. He protected us. Man, I'm telling you, there's times that are overwhelming. But God sees you through. Look what it says back in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 through 14. And I want you to know, my brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guards, know that I'm here in chains because of Christ. So they know that I'm locked up. And they're just saying, like, poor fool, he's there preaching Jesus, and look what it got him. And Paul's are going, it got me you and you and you because I've led all of you to Christ. Verse 14, and because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence in boldly speaking God's message without fear. Wow. You see, in Romans 8, 28, it says, for we know that God causes everything to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. You see, God has a way of putting things together. Where there's an obstacle for us, it's an opportunity for God's glory to be seen. When you don't know what to do and you just trust God, he always comes through. He's amazing. My children have learned to pray prayers of hope and prayers of faith. Because, man, you know my story. We started the church and we didn't have hardly any people and they weren't paying me, and I had three part-time jobs, and man, I'll never forget. There'd be many a time that we'd go. I'd tell the kids, "Hey guys, I, I gotta have a hundred dollars by the end of the day. Pray with me." And we would pray. We'd pray. We'd go to the post office, and all of a sudden, I'd get a letter in the mail from someone I didn't even know. They go. A friend of mine told me about your ministry and said some of the things that you're doing in the South Valley of Albuquerque. 
and doing to help gang members come to Christ. Here's $100 that hopefully it'll help you and your family. And my kids going, Dad, how did they know? I go, they sent this letter out three days ago. We need the money today, but our God came through. Our God knew our need before we even knew it. God has a way of opening up these opportunities when there's obstacles in front of us. Don't forget that. Lean into God. Trust him. Say, God, I need to discover an opportunity because I have a big obstacle here. Third thing I want to say is, if you're going to compare yourself, compare yourself only to Christ. Only to Christ. We have a way of comparing ourselves to people, don't we? Man, I was, wish I was as smart as them. I wish I was as good looking as her. I wish I was as attractive as he is. I wish I was built like him. I wish I was, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I lived over there. I wish I drove that car. I wish I dressed in that kind of clothes. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. We're always comparing to somebody else. We're always trying to measure up either to their goal for us or our goal for But we're, we're comparing ourselves to the wrong one. The only one we should ever compare ourselves to is God. Christ Jesus, our Lord. He left the throne of grace. He took the form of man. He became man, a human being, so he could show us how to do it. That it's possible to live a victorious life over sin. That it's possible to bring glory to God in the way that you live. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, he says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. In 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he says, you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. See, we always look to someone that's walking the walk and not because they're good, but because they serve a good God and they're following a good God and they're setting a good example. And you follow their example, not because of how great they are, but because how great God is in them. And so it's real important that we put our trust in the Lord. Look what he says in John chapter 21, verse 20 and 22. It says, Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during the supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if you want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. What he's saying there is, you know what, Peter? You sure are a micotero. You sure are a busybody. You're sticking your nose someplace you shouldn't. Why don't you start looking at me, following me, worry about that, instead of worrying, well, what about them? Well, what about them? And what about them? And they did this, and they did that, and they did this, and they did that. And God says, would you just quit whining and follow me? Follow me. Follow me. That's what Jesus is telling us to do. We need to follow the steps of the master. We need to walk in his steps. We need to walk in his way. We need to do the things that he's called us to do. 
And it's important that we do that. And it's important that we experience that. And it's important that we see that. So quit comparing yourself to anyone else except to the Lord Jesus Christ. The fourth thing is remember that others are learning from your life. They're looking at your life and they're going, oh my goodness, I can't believe you've accomplished all this. I knew you. I knew you when you were all messed up. I knew you when you should have been in prison. And I don't even know how you're alive. I don't know how you didn't end up going to prison. I don't even know how you came out of prison. And now you're, you're what? An executive director of a really godly ministry? Wow. How did that happen? It happens when the anointing of God breaks the yoke of sin upon your life and the anointing of God takes you to a different level of living and you start doing things God's way and no longer your way. He transforms you. You see the good and the bad in the middle of the bad. You see the good. Again, in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Let me tell you something. I know you're learning from me, and the only reason I know something is because I'm learning from God. Jesus Christ has transformed my life, and I'm following his steps, and you're willing, man, follow me because I'm doing it his way. I'm doing it the right way. And don't follow me because I think I'm all that. I know I'm not all that, but he's all that, and he's making me what I need to be and no longer what I used to be. Aren't you glad you're no longer what you used to be? We're a bunch of wino, dino, and dingbats. Come on, let's face it. We were really messed up. We were lost. Look, some of you never did drugs in your life, but you were lost. Some of you have never gotten drunk. You've never drank alcohol, but you were lost. Some of you have never taken drugs or smoked pot or even smoked cigarettes, but you were lost. We need Jesus Christ. We need him for our salvation. We need him for the new life. We need him because he has made a way where there seems to be no way. So we got to remember that others are learning from our life as we're learning from him. And the last thing I want to say is you're going to start looking for the best in the middle of the worst. Is live, live with the expectation of heaven. Live with the expectation of heaven. Live expecting to be in heaven. Look, the passage we read in Philippians chapter 1, if you remember, he said right there, he goes, I really want you to understand and I want you to grab hold of this and I want you to realize, above all, you must live in verse 27 of, first of Philippians chapter 1. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourself in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is, in, which is the good news, because I know you're citizens of heaven. You need to live with heaven as your ultimate goal. You need to know that heaven is going to be ours. You and I are going to be there someday. We're going to be in glory. We're going to be in glory, and it's going to be glorious. I say this often at funerals. That a lot of times I've been at the deathbed of many people. And as they're dying and then they die, 
family members, oh, no, God, please send them back. And in my weird thinking, I see the loved one in heaven going, no, no, don't, don't send me back. That's earth. They're all messed up down there. Just let them come up here with me. I love this. This is heaven. Man, expect to get there. Live for Jesus and know you're going to get there. Not because who you think you are, but because of who he is. Philippians 1.27 says there, above all, above all, live as citizens of heaven. Man, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. And we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. Man, have you ever thought of this? (laughs) How bad can life really be when heaven is our worst case scenario? (laughs) It's like, Ah, man, they died. (laughs) Well, if that's the worst case scenario, we get heaven? Wow, that's phenomenal. Hear me. God wants to change the way you see life. Quit looking through these filters of destruction, these filters of negativity, these filters of lies, these filters of the life and the devil himself that it says you can't do it Because Jesus says you could do all things through my power. You could do all things through the strength that I give you. You could accomplish anything you set your hand to. God is telling us, quit settling for second best. Quit settling for those destructive mindsets. Change your way. Change your way. I don't know where, where you've been struggling with. Some people don't even believe they're lovable. God says, don't you understand? I love you. 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 You're not tainted. Because I make all things new. Old things are passed away. All things have been made new. You are going to be dressed in white clothing. You're going to be sparkling white without blemish or wrinkle going to be glorious but it's his covering it's his anointing it's his power it's his strength won't you allow him to touch your life i just want to ask you first of all if you've never surrendered to christ you've never prayed to receive him as your savior as your lord you've never prayed lord forgive me of all my sins i accept jesus death on the cross for me Like the song we sang earlier tonight, the cross set me free. The cross transformed my life. The cross empowered me to be the man or woman that I am today. Oh, if you've never given your life to Christ and you want to, raise your hand and say, you know what, Pastor, that's me. I want to do that. Anyone? Anyone? I don't want to miss anybody. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Anyone else? And I promise not to embarrass you, but I want you to stand because this is the greatest day. We're going to pray a prayer with you.
We all did this. Go ahead and stand. Would you all pray with us? Just say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I realize that I need Jesus. I need a Savior. And I need a friend. Forgive me of my sins. And by faith, I believe that Jesus died for my sins to set me free. And I accept that in Jesus' name. And I pray before you and before man. Amen. Praise God, sis. We're so thrilled. Hey, let me give you a hug. I just want to give you a hug and say, praise God for what he has done. Man, what a joy. What a joy, what a joy. We have a Bible and stuff we'd like to give you, so make sure Tomas, she gets one, and give her that reading material. I don't see one of our pastors here that takes care of that usually, but if you could get that for her. And uh, one of you young ladies, go ahead and go with encourage her. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're up against. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you've been looking at, and that's overwhelming. But today, God wants to relieve you of all that stress. He wants to set you free. Would you release it to the Lord right now? Would you give it over to him? If you are overwhelmed and you just want to give him something and say, God, I need to surrender this problem to you because I'm only looking at the obstacle and not the opportunity to allow you to turn it around. So would you pray with me? Would you stand to your feet? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for all you've done. And I pray for my brothers and sisters. And Father God, there are many here tonight that, Lord, feel completely overwhelmed by life. There's many at home that are watching on the Internet that feel like, Lord, I don't even know if I could move and go further. But Father God, today you say that you're going to take us across the Red Sea. You're going to take us across that obstacle. You're going to take us to areas of life that we've never experienced before. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. God, against these things, there is no power. So we put our power and our hope in you and believe you for the best. Father, thank you. Free us from these headaches and stress, these worries and fears, and give us the assurance of your presence so that we can see the best in the middle of the worst. And I pray this in Jesus Christ's name, and God's people said amen. Praise the Lord. A few things I want to say. If you need a Thanksgiving food basket, please go let them know at that table right out here, at the check-in right by the youth room, say, I need a Thanksgiving food basket. Also, someone lost an ear pod. If you lost one, someone turned one into me, so that way I could bless, give, give you your ear pod back and be a blessing. You're dismissed to go change Albuquerque. We love you, church. God bless you.